there. Welcome to Simple Acts Big Impact, celebrating teen changemakers. I'm your host, Natalie Silverstein. I'm an author, philanthropist, and passionate advocate for family and youth service. On this short weekly pod, I have the honor of meeting tweens, teens, and young adults who are volunteers, advocates, nonprofit founders, activists, and fundraisers. My goal is to celebrate and amplify these big-hearted people and the work they're doing, and to inspire you all, no matter your age, to find your purpose and passion through meaningful service to others. I firmly believe, and these conversations will convince you, that every person can make a difference, one simple act at a time. Hi, everybody. I am so excited to kick off the new year with an important and very moving episode. Today, you'll meet Sydney, who, along with her brother, Brayden, runs a nonprofit called Be The Change. Sydney and Brayden are musicians and mental health advocates, and their work centers on suicide prevention, empowering youth, and building stronger communities. Please be aware of this trigger warning. Suicide is discussed on this episode, so please take care of yourself in listening. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited to introduce you to Sydney. Sydney and her brother, Brayden, started this really wonderful organization called Be The Change, and they're musicians, and she just has a wonderful story to tell us. So, hey, Sydney, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you for having me. It is such a pleasure. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you live, how old you are, and then tell us about Be The Change. Start at the very beginning. Tell us everything. Yeah. So my name's Sydney Garrett. I'm the founder of Be The Change Youth Initiative. I am 21 years old, originally from Portland, Maine, now live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I always love to start the story of Be The Change with my parents encouraging my siblings and I to always think of ways to give back to the community. So like I said, we lived in Portland, Maine for the majority of my life. And we, for birthdays, instead of having normal get-togethers, we get presents. My parents were like, let's do donations. And so we always kind of just grew up. Like my first birthday was at the Royal McDonald House. For my sixth birthday, we had it at an animal shelter. So just finding ways, even just as birthday parties, to always give back in some capacity. 15 is a big number. So in the summer of 2016, my birthday's in September. So for my 15th birthday, I wanted to do something big. I wanted to find an organization that I could raise money for a lot more than what we had been doing in the past. And my parents used to be wish granters for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And so at that point, I was like, that seems like a great idea. Let's go for it. I look up on the internet how much it would cost to actually grant a wish for the chapter in Maine. And it was $7,000. And I was 14 at the time, did not have a job. I was like, how am I going to do this? I always, I already made this goal. And my parents were like, you should just get your friends involved and you should all just do this together. So I got 12 of my friends involved And between all of us. Some of us loved running. We just encourage each other to do things that we love to do. So some were great runners. They decided to write fundraising letters and run 5Ks over the summer. One of my friends and I, we wrote a song, sold it on Bandcamp. We mixed it and like produced it in his basement. Another one of my friends, she designed t-shirts, some did bake sales, some did chores. It was just kind of all over the place. And at the end of six months, we finished raising the $7,000. During that same time, I know, yeah, it was such a crazy story. I, I love that it kind of started already with this idea of getting my friends involved. And at that point, during this time, there were also some leaders in my life that I looked up to that told me that I, my age, because of my age, I couldn't make a difference, told me that my gifts and talents weren't good enough. And so because I had those conversations and at the same time, watching my friends get involved and see that they could do this all by themselves, raise $7,000 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, 
that's when I was like, there's something to this. And I want to create a space where we can encourage you to say that they don't have to wait to make a difference. Their age isn't a hindrance. They can be the leaders of today rather than waiting to be leaders of tomorrow. And how can we just do that? So that meant over the course of three years, we connected with youth all over the U.S. to raise over $50,000 for different organizations that we worked with. One of those, again, was the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And so we started working with the Make-A-Wish Foundation down in Texas. We had a connection there because of the main chapter. And my brother started struggling with suicidal ideation and depression at this point in his life. And so I was 17, he was 14. And everything kind of changed at that point. We were like, we lived in, like I said, Portland. It was kind of that point where we were just, we should just leave, see if we can just take, take be the change on the road. My dad was working a job where he had a coworker who lost his son to suicide. And so because we were around that and Brayden was struggling, it was one of those things where like, we just need to focus. My parents was we need to focus on Brayden and we need to do something as a family. And so we decided to take be the change on the road. We were only planning on doing it for a summer, but my dad was affected by the government shutdown. So we couldn't take a loan out to run an RV and do all that stuff. So my dad, if you know him, you just realize like he, he's not someone that's just, let's go for it. He's like, I need a plan in place. But that was very much just this moment of, we were in desperation. We need to get out of the community that we were in, brain struggling. Let's just take the idea of be the change on the road. We have already connections in these different states. So let's just do it. And we ended up doing that. <laughs> we sold our house. My dad quit his job. We ended up buying an RV without even looking at it, gave away 60% of what we own. And in the April of 2019, we ended up just going and living in the RV. We thought we were going to do it for a couple months, come back to Maine, figure things out. But during that time, we had one of our very first shows. So my brother and I are singer-songwriters, and we're also part of the indie duo in the company of Wolves. So that's what we play music under us. And we had our very first show in Austin, Texas. And that was the beginning of May of 2019. And Brain decided to share his story for the first time. And at that point, it was me kind of just talking about Be The Change, talking about my own struggles when it comes to, you know, struggles with social media, comparison, I've struggled with anxiety. And I would normally share songs that I wrote. And Brain was like, I think it's, I want to share my story for the first time. So he shared his story, shared a song that he wrote about his story called Conscience. And there was a middle school student that came up to me after the show. And she said, I want you to know in brain sharing his story, I was reminded that I'm not alone in what I'm struggling with. And she also shared that she attempted suicide two weeks prior to that show. And we knew something like that had happened in the community. We didn't know it was her, but the event organizer did tell us that the rest, like community was wrestling with that. So we got back to the RV that night and we're like, all right, so we know that for Be The Change for three years now, we've just focused on youth empowerment, focusing on fundraising, reminding kids that they don't have to be a certain age in order to serve their communities and make a difference. But now we have this mental health component to it. And we can't shy away from that conversation because, I mean, it's affected us personally, but even the fact that so many other teens recognize that this is an issue and we can't just shy away from having conversations about that. So we ended up staying on the road because of that conversation. And we just met in people's homes and we had events where we talked to youth and people just wanted to start talking about mental health. We ended up connecting with a national organization called To Write Love in Our Arms. And we ended up doing some training with them in partnership with them, which was awesome, as especially beginning steps. Because at this point, we're like, we want to learn how to have these conversations and do it well, have resources with us when we go and talk to students. And then everything with COVID happened. <laughs> so our last stop was in Nashville. And this was January 2020. 
and it was too expensive to park the RV in Nashville. And so we were like, Let, what's the closest place that we can go? And it was Chattanooga. So we ended up just parking our RV. We had no idea what to do next. And we were staying in a campground up here for about three weeks. And then COVID happened. And we're like, well, we can't travel anymore. So what are we going to do? So we ended up just renting out an apartment locally downtown in Chattanooga. And then everything shut down. And we're like, okay, well... That's, that's kind of how everything started for us, landing in Chattanooga. And once things started opening up again, we started connecting with local nonprofits, businesses, schools in the community. And that's what we've been doing for the last three years. How can we incorporate what we were doing on the road? And how can we grow that and expand that in order to connect art people, like creatives, students, nonprofits, organizations, businesses, local businesses to come together. And we've been running after school programs. We've been doing all these like fun things, just getting people involved in the community. But it all goes back to the topic of youth, the topic of mental health, and how can we reduce the stigma around the mental health conversation? How can we reduce youth suicide by giving these opportunities to say that they can use their gifts and talents to create an impact? They don't have to wait, but it's actually creating those opportunities for them. So that's, that's what we're geared towards now. Wow. That is an incredible story. <laughs> First of all, I mean, as a parent, you know, and I have three children, you know, selling everything, getting in an RV and traveling across the country. Frankly, some people actually thought to do that during the pandemic because they were like, well, what the hell? We're not staying here. Let's go and see the country and live uh, on our own in an RV. But the fact that you started this process prior to the pandemic and then, of course, ended up, you know, sort of being stuck where you were. Um, but, you know, it, everything happens for a reason, right? So you being in the Chattanooga community, the work that you're doing, the people that you met on the road, which have, I'm sure all of those people have helped to shape this, um, this mission that you have, which is, is really, truly incredible. I love that this started with music. And so I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that. You know, I think that, first of all, everything that you've said sort of completely mimics what I write about. I've written two books. And the first book was for young families. And I literally have a chapter in there called um, Parties with Purpose, how to have a birthday party for children even as young as one that is around a theme where you can give back. And it doesn't have to be about a pile of toys. It can be if it's a pajama party, you can collect pajamas for the pajama program. I mean, there's literally a chapter in my book that is exactly what you said about the way that your parents approached birthday parties, because I just wanted to present this as another opportunity opportunity and another option to live your values as a family, which clearly your parents have done and continue to do. So, you know, it you can still celebrate your kids and allow them to have a wonderful, fun birthday and still gives, you know, yes, and give something back to the community, teach them that it's not all about them, the world does not revolve around them, that they can share their joy and their special day with others. So the fact that you started talking about your birthdays, you know, kind of incredible, make a wish, obviously, is a wonderful organization, the fact that you were able to raise $7,000, which seems like a tremendous amount of money and is so daunting. But again, you know, there's your chapter in my teen book about fundraising, all you have to do is ask, Put yourself out there. The worst thing that someone can say is no, right? And you're asking not for yourself, but for other people, for children who are dying or who are very ill to give them a wonderful experience. So of course people are going to respond positively. And yes, yeah, $7,000 is a lot, but to give yourselves that goal and then to achieve it, like what a sense of accomplishment and empowerment for, for a kid, for young people. I just, I think it's fantastic. And then the fact that Braden shared his story and that that really resonated with a young person who was struggling 
every single community, every single person that you um, are singing to in a concert hall has been touched by suicide, period, full stop. We are in the midst of a mental health crisis. Suicide rates are up exponentially, especially for young women. And so I think that this, we cannot shy away for the, from these conversations. To act like this is not happening is, is silly. And I just love that you're facing it head on. You're not trained psychiatrists and psychologists. You're not suggesting that you are, but you are giving people a space to share their feelings, to know that they're not alone, to hear their feelings reflected in your music. And so I, I, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that. I also heard, recently heard you tell a story about a young woman who shared a poem and asked you to write a song about that. And I, I just think that this is something that young people connect to so deeply. Yeah, yeah. And I can share that story. I mean, when we lived in the RV, my brother and I didn't work together on music prior to that. because so I'd been doing music by myself up to that point. Um, but we, there, we were always doing music in the house. We were never like together. So when we were living in RV, that was kind of the first opportunity to say, well, this middle schooler shared a story with us. How can we, we should, let's just write something together. And so we ended up writing our first song called I'll Stay. And after that point, it all just came full circle, continuing to share stories, listening to other people, storytelling, and just using our platform to remind people that they're not alone. And so back in September of last year, we went up to a county that's 30 minutes outside of Nashville and we talked to all of the middle school and high schools there. So we had like eight presentations in the span of two days. And one of the last presentations was at one of the high schools. And there was a freshman that came up to me after one of our presentations and she handed me a poem that she had written about her own story. Her sister attempted suicide in front of her when she was 11. And of course, like being given that poem, I was already just, honored, humbled that she would give that to me because it's a really heavy story and it takes a lot of strength in order to share that, be vulnerable in sharing that. And so I read it and she looked at me and I'll never forget this moment, but she looked at me and she was like, I want you to take this poem. I want you to write a song about it because I want you to share this song and the story, my story with other adults to know that this is my reality. These are my friends' realities. We're going through this stuff all the time. And we just want it to stop. And one of the ways that we can stop that and end the stigma around mental health is sharing those stories. So that's everything changed. I mean, we already knew we were trying to implement that and what we were doing with music and with the nonprofit at that point. But that was just one of those moments where like, no, this is what I'm meant to do. This is what I am meant and what I'm here to do is use my songwriting, use my love for performing and storytelling to share their stories because it's important to run people are not alone. So that was like the big catalyst. Yeah. Listening to music, making music, singing, writing poetry, writing in a journal, writing a story, you know, the notion that by speaking it or by writing about it, you are somehow invoking suicidal ideology or thoughts is is actually completely incorrect, right? Yes. You need to talk about it. We need to talk about our feelings. We need to encourage our young people to share their feelings in whatever creative outlet comes to them, right? And so, you know, again, like this is just the truth of this. And to have young people um, say this so loudly, I, you know, I don't know that that adults are really hearing it. I don't know the parents are hearing it because I think it terrifies them. I get it as a parent. It's very, very scary. But if your child has, has poetry or has short stories or has fictional writing, 
that has a lot of kind of challenging stuff in it. This is the way that they're working it out. You know, art and creativity is such an important tool for all of us to help our mental health. So I, I just think it's incredible. So the work that you do is specifically around the kind of um, Chattanooga area. How how are you viewing this work sort of spreading nationally, other than getting back in your RV and <laughs> traveling across the country? Right. So do you have any plans for how this is going to grow and, and how you might impact other young people? Yeah, my brother and I want to go on tour. We want to be able to do that. That's like the next step. And we're working towards writing an album right now. So that's the music side. But also, we always share the message of Be The Change because, I mean, it's not just a job for me. Like, it's a passion project. Like, it's just my life. Like, Be The Change initiative is my life. And the reason that we're doing what we're doing right now is because of that original idea of just getting people together, getting youth together, and just encouraging each other. And I'm going to continue doing that with music as well. So it's really just gearing up towards making that happen. And that's the plan. That's the goal for next year is to be able to do that once the album comes out. But then also we have fundraising packets, part of Be The Change. We have different programs. We have an after-school program. We go into schools and have the Be Kind initiative where we bring local coffee shop sleeves, like the coffee sleeves, into schools and have a presentation, talk to students about if they were having their worst day, what would they want to be reminded of and encouraging them to write that on the sleeves. We also put together benefit concerts. It's a bunch of different programming in Chattanooga, but the one thing that we're really excited about that we hope will be taken outside of Chattanooga and locally or globally, nationally, like that's the big dream is the fundraising packets that we've created. It's a six page packet where it has a letter from me. It has a step-by-step process on how to write a fundraising letter. And some teens that I talk to, some people that I talk to, some of them don't know what their gifts account is. And I'm like, we all have one. What are just things that you love and enjoy doing? And I have even a sheet dedicated to that. If you have a hard time coming up with an idea, here are all these like different ideas that we've laid out for you that you can get other people involved. Then we have the fundraising side of it where how do you write a fundraising letter? It goes step by step on the whole process of like picking 10 to 15 people that you want to get involved. Here's like all this information. We have the social media side too, because some people like to raise money through social media. And then we have like a, a mock-up where people will just take that mock fundraising letter put in the information that they want to put in and just send it out. So we make it super easy. But a lot of it is just saying we can all this take this model of being able to encourage our youth, encourage your peers to come together in a fundraise for organizations that you're passionate about, the work that they're doing. And it really just starts with that, that one simple action step and saying, like, I'm just going to commit to this. I'm just going to do this. And that, I hope, will be taken to so many people just to be able to have that grounding point of like, I can make a difference and I don't have to wait to. Absolutely. Well, you know, you've touched on a couple of points that, again, completely echo what I write about (laughs) and what I speak about, which are, you know, you're never too young, right? There is no such thing as being too young. I have interviewed nine-year-olds on this podcast who are like trying to save the planet. Like you are never too young. And for someone to tell you that you're too young is unfair, unkind, and untrue period, full stop. Number two, never too young and never too old, right? Mm, (laughs) I always have people say like, well, my kids are already teenagers or my kids are already in their 20s. It's too late to really role model these values. Nope, that's a cop out. So maybe, you know, I obviously encourage people to do this work with very young children, but it's never too late to start. This is important work. And the second piece that I love is this issue of finding your talents, gifts, and skills. This is literally what I write about in my book, a little self-assessment that I start with, where, you know, to try and get kids to really think about, as opposed to saying, you're going to go work in the soup kitchen this afternoon. No. 
Ask your teen, what is it that they are passionate about? What is a gift or a talent or a skill or something that they're just really good at that they would like to share? Now, let's. what are the issues that you care about in your community? Okay, now let's go and figure out a way that you can share your talents, gifts, and skills with people who are experiencing that social justice issue or that hardship. And you can find organizations in your community that will accept you as volunteers and that would be so happy to receive and so grateful to receive the fruits of your gifts and talents and skills. Everyone has something to share. Every single person on this planet, no matter their abilities, no matter their age, has something to share. And it's that meeting those two things, marrying those two things, that really makes the difference. And you've, you know, you hit the nail right on the head. Literally, you're like speaking my language, Sydney. So <laughs> I'm so happy to have met you. This has just been such a special, wonderful conversation because it really just validates a lot for me, the stuff that I talk about. And to hear you as a young person say it, just it feels really, really good because, you know, this notion like you guys are the future. Yes, that's true. But you're also the present. You are here. You're doing the work. We've messed up this planet. And you guys are here saying we're, we're here to, to be the change. So I just want to thank you so much for being on today. Tell us about your website, your social media handles, how people can learn more. Yes. So our website is www.bethechangeyi.com. And that's the letters YI standing for Youth Initiative. And then we make it super simple. You can go and find us on Instagram, the same at bethechangeyi. <laughs> Amazing. Sydney, thank you so much for your time. This was like my favorite conversation so far. Oh. I'm just wishing you the best of luck in all of your endeavors. I would love to check back with you in a year. I can't wait for your album to come out. Thank you so much for, for sharing this with us. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's so great meeting you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard today, please follow, rate, and review. These things really matter. And if you know a tween or a teen who is doing great things in his, her, or their community, send them my way. I'd love to meet them and share their stories with a world that could really use a dose of inspiration right about now. You can get in touch with me through my website, simpleactsguide.com. Until next time, remember to keep eyes, ears, hearts, and minds open to the needs of others. And always, be kind.